is NAB Show Live. Are we back? Nice. Okay. Nice. Welcome back to NAB Show Live. Um, you're joining Ninath Kulkarni. I'm your host and joined by co-host Purple Base Designer and Futurist. Um, so going back to you, Samantha, I have a quick question on this. So you're doing a lot of work in educating and uh, creating awareness. So uh, can you tell us a little bit about who your audience is? My audience is anyone who's interested in history. Mm -hmm. It's okay. truly history, history, history all the time. Mm -hmm. If we don't teach our young where they came from, how we got here, why there are certain circumstances, their circumstances different from their neighbors, if we don't understand where we came from, there really is a very limited understanding of where we can go. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, that to me is important to provide our young people a greater understanding, providing them context, providing them information that's, that just makes them think. Mm -hmm. You know, you, I'm all for screen time, I'm all for interactivity, but you have to provide context. Mm -hmm. We don't teach our young context and how it impacts their, their lives and their community Sort of like, what's the point? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. Um, I have one more question for you. So you yes. said you're focusing a lot on traditional film, and that's a very strong medium, of course, and it's always going to be. Have you tried exploring any new mediums for? I am a wimp. Okay. Okay, so <laughs> I'm a traditional broadcast journalist. I own all of my own equipment. Okay. I don't have to rent. I can borrow and barter. <laughs> so. I'm reluctant to go into an avenue where I have to rent or buy. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm at the end stage of my career. Mm -hmm. I don't need to prove myself. I don't want to have to prove myself. So I would love to partner with my friend here yeah. from Precinct <laughs> or my new best friend here. <laughs> uh, in fact, during the break, we were talking about yeah. Because I'm traditional storytelling yes. with nothing fancy, yeah. and they've already both inspired me to do something different <laughs> in my next project. So. I love that we have some matchmaking going on yeah. on stage. <laughs> That's what NAB's all about, right? N -A -B. Absolutely. NAB. NAB. Sorry. NAB. <laughs> so I want to uh, talk about audience more um, and bring Lillian and Matt in as well. Audience of the future. What do they want to see? Who are they? Do we have specific audience types for next generation storytelling? And how do we reach them? I think, yeah, uh, <laughs> that's such a big question. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that as the amount of available content expands, people's ability to find something that inspires them mm -hmm. grows. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what's exciting is that that's a little bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy. So sort of the more you make and the more that's out there, the more people can find their niche and find something that is, that's exciting to mm -hmm. them. Um, and in terms of just how do you reach them, I mean, that's, that's the big mystery. I think that's what we're all going to be struggling with over the next five to ten years is 
how do we get the attention of people in a deliberate way? It's easy to make content and put it out there and, and hope that it thrives. And it's interesting to see what audiences pick up on and what they don't pick up on. Um, but in terms of being able to drive that effectively as a storyteller, as a brand, as a corporation, um, I think that's a complicated topic. And I don't think anyone has a real answer to that yet. Um, but I just, it's an inspiring landscape to be in in terms of the diversity of content that's being created, um, both in terms of topic and subject matter and who's creating it. Mm -hmm. as, as the tools become more and more available, as the technology is more and more democratized, it opens up a lot of different voices and a lot of different stories that I don't think anyone expected. And mm -hmm. I don't think anyone expected um, to grow in the way that they have, yeah. so. Matt? I, I feel like I've talked to a lot of uh, my ad agency friends who tell me about demographics and, and what audiences want. And I really like that um, they, they say that a lot of millennials and Generation Z really care about a brand and, and how the company is and, mm -hmm. and what its history is and are they being ethical. Mm -hmm. and, and these are things that uh, so many of us haven't sort of just kind of glazed over in the past because, well, if they make a product I want, I don't really care. But mm -hmm. the next generations are really starting to be concerned about that. And I think that it's awesome because as storytellers, oh, yes. we can really get in there. And as journalists, we can really kind of expose what's happening mm -hmm. and give them the truth that they want. And then they can invest in brands and products and things that, that they trust or, or brands that they know are ethical. Amazing. So what I do sometimes, well not sometimes, when I do programs specifically for the younger generation, the Zs, the Ys, the Millennials, I find that I need to keep my storyline very concise, mm -hmm. I can't deviate, I can't put too much other distractions, but I've learned that people like graphics on top of real things. Mm -hmm. So if I have a static image and I can move the static image to give them the, ex the illusion of immersion and then do something fancy like drawing a picture that can, they can identify with into that story and tell it in 60 seconds, I'm golden. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's tough, mm -hmm. that advertising mindset is very important mm -hmm. in that production, mm -hmm. it is challenging. So to address your question, that's how I've been dealing with mm -hmm. how to expand my marketplace outside the traditional historical documentary nonfiction piece. That's an incredible insight. Yeah. So when we sat down on Monday to talk about the future of storytelling, um, all our panelists ended on a very clear note and reached consensus that the future of storytelling or the future of the media entertainment industry is diversity beyond tokenism. So I want to spend some time talking about that because in your introductions you all hinted at diversity. So I think you'll all have something great to say about it. Um, and maybe we can um, begin with you, Lillian, or Samantha, because I think it's such an amazing day for women in STEM. You know, my Twitter feed today was filled with people joyously sharing the first ever image of a black hole. Yeah. And then I learned that it was actually made possible because of an algorithm that Katie Bowman, who was a graduate student 
in MIT, a woman graduate student, uh, wrote three years back. Mm -hmm. So given the work that you're both doing, um, Samantha, you with Gals and Gear, let's talk about that a bit. Um, it's funny because uh, all of the higher-ups at Butcher Bird are white men in their 40s, <laughs> and so that's something we're literally struggling with as a company right now because mm -hmm. we really want to encourage different voices. We want to bring out different narratives, but uh, the founders are all very aware of the fact that that's not really who they are. Mm -hmm. um, and so while we were working on Orbital, um, Stephen was using me as a sounding board a lot of what does it make sense to have this female character do? Is this, does this feel authentic? Is this an interesting story? And his first take on it was very much, so it's a story of a, a, an older astronaut who takes on a, a younger female trainee who's on her first training run and they have this kind of contentious relationship until all hell breaks loose and they have to work together to survive. And she comes in kind of with a little bit of an ax to grind of, oh, you know, I'm a woman who's never been taken seriously, but I can be a just as good a pilot as the boys can. And I'm like, Stephen, this is supposed to be the year 2049. Hopefully we've kind of moved beyond that narrative by now. I hope so. yes. I'd like to see like a different kind, like I want conflict between them or else we don't have a story, mm -hmm. but can we make the conflict come from a different angle? Right. And we ended up turning it much more into a class story where he's kind of from a blue collar background. She's basically the daughter of the fe female Elon Musk of the future. So she's this super high level corporate CEO um, really is this go-getter who's had this very privileged life. And so she kind of comes into conflict with her, her trainer for that reason instead of girls can do everything that boys can. Mm -hmm. um, and as a, uh, we had a, an actor in mind for uh, Max, the male pilot, um, who is, it was a Caucasian guy. Um, so we very much wanted Tommy uh, to be a woman of color. And she was written to be half Mexican, half Chinese, since Stephen has um, actually a strong background in China studies, <laughs> a lot of connections to, to working in China and working in Hong Kong. Um, but we were open to developing her story background to be whatever was the background of the actress that we cast her as. Right. And so we ended up casting uh, Yasmin Al-Bustami, who's Emirati. Mm -hmm. um, and so she, instead of being Tommy, Sheen Velasquez, she became Tommy Al-Kasimi um, with a very different kind of storyline of how she got to be where she is and sort of a different, a background that reflected the ethnicity of our, our lead actress. Um, and I think in the future, it's really finding new artists and writers to work with who are able to kind of tell their own stories that way um, and having a, a company that's supportive of that kind of narrative and is interested in working on those kind of projects is really important to me and it's why I love doing what I do with the people I work with. That's so. amazing. Thank you. So um, moving from diversity to diversification, Matt, I have a question for you. Um, we've begun this panel speaking about how immersive storytelling has such a strong way of building empathy. Therefore, it can be a very powerful tool and can be very impactful. Um, is this creating new opportunities for storytellers? What are those opportunities? And are you looking at new clients looking at this tool and as this medium? I, definitely. I, I think that uh, for, for empathy or just understanding um, 
a culture or a person or, or something like that, there's no better way than to like really just be there with them. Mm -hmm. um, we're working on a, a new project right now where we're kind of exploring people who have trade jobs because they're really trying to fill these jobs and a lot of high school students don't come out of high school even thinking about that as an option. But being able to actually be there with someone and listen to them tell you, this is why I love my job, this is how I provide for my family, and this is how long I've been doing it. And to just really be able to have that intimate moment with someone who you normally wouldn't be able to because maybe you're you know, 100 feet up in a crane mm -hmm. uh, is a really amazing experience that you just wouldn't get otherwise. And I think that in, in pretty much all stories, whether you're talking about diversity or you're talking about um, environmental advocacy, it's just that you, when you transport someone to that location and you have that feeling, that one-on-one -on -one feeling of interacting with people, um, it really can change minds and hearts. Mm -hmm. Okay, awesome, thank you very much. Uh, I believe we have about 10 minutes left and we want to do something very exciting with you guys. So Popo, why don't you get into that? Yes, so we thought that uh, we want to spend some time doing a fun speculative or imaginative visioning exercise because we're talking about the future. The future is not here yet. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times we get stuck in talking about the future that's just an extrapolation of the present, right? So we, we tend to focus a lot on what seems plausible. But I think it's also very important to think about, but what is the future that we want, you know? And what's a future that actually looks preferable to us, a future that we're excited about working towards building. And I think in all of your works, in some way or the other, you guys are working towards a vision of a future that seems preferable or better than our present. Um, so I want to ask you all to imagine and share with us uh, your vision of a preferred future of storytelling or of the of this industry. So let's imagine that we're in NAB show 2029, 10 years from now. What would you like to see? I would like to see more women. Mm -hmm. I'd like to see more women in the control room. I'd like to see more women walking the floor. Yes. Not just the bo booth babes, mm -hmm. okay? Right now we have a lot of women who are speaking about technology and they're being pushed out in the front because they are women. They're marketing. I'd like to have the women who are the engineers step forward and take their place equal to the male, okay? I know many corporations, broadcast equipment manufacturers here, who have women engineers, and for some reason, they're left back at the office. They need to be here representing the product that they worked so hard to bring to market. So in 10 years time, that's what I'd like to see. Amazing. Whether or not that happens, I think it will. I truly believe that we are in the up curve of the women's movement in technology. Not just the token, hi, I'm giving you an award, great, wonderful, hi, we're letting you call a show. No, these people are brought in because of their talents their credibility, and their accomplishments. Amazing. Matt, what about you? I, I think, first of all, I agree 100%, and I... And I didn't pay him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like uh, it, the future, my ideal future is a future where everyone can be involved in the storytelling without having to be tied to a specific brand or a platform where we can get to collaborate and work together um, on creating 
content creation becomes easier for everyone, mm -hmm. we can all tell our story. We can all learn about the world without even leaving our living room if we want to. And it's just really exciting for me that the technology is making that easier for everyone. And it's an equal opportunity for anybody who wants to get involved. So it's just really, it's interesting to see that so many universities and colleges back in Oregon even are also having programs where they're teaching immersive content mm -hmm. VR. And so we're seeing so many people getting interested in this and they don't have to be like well-known in the broadcast industry or, or big shot filmmakers, they're just getting into this niche and learning it and yeah. they're having great opportunities. So yeah. 10 years from now, I think we're gonna see some really incredible content from these folks. Amazing, Lillian. Yeah, I, I think I'd pick up on that because um, it's something that I really believe in as well and add a layer of financial support. I think that um, everything that we do is essentially an apprenticeship role. You don't, you can go to school and learn a lot of things, but essentially the way you become good at a creative industry is by doing it. And it's a process to learn how to do what you're doing. And then each time you do it, you do it a little bit better. Um, and being able to support yourself along that journey, that's, that's the thing that is the most fuzzy to me about where we go from here is what, how do you, you know, live a good life and maybe be able to buy a house someday and, and support a family making YouTube videos, uh, mm -hmm. unless you strike the gold mine at the exact right time. Um, I think as much ability as we have for many people to get into this industry and to get into creating content, um, I'd love to see more of a support structure for the learning process mm -hmm. and for kind of how you sort of get to that level up where it becomes sustainable for you. Right. So. Awesome. Amazing. Um, I also want to just take this moment to plug Gals in Gear, oh, which yes. is a program <laughs> yes. that's part of NAB Live, and we've been here for four years. Mm -hmm. And it's, it started, it's the brain trust of a woman named Amy DeLuise, because she went to the restroom at an NAB, and there was no line for the women's room. Mm -hmm. Do you know how rare that is? So she just happened to find someone else, another woman, in technology and they started having a conversation and that's how Gals and Gears was launched. Mm -hmm. We were able to get Women in Film and Video, which is a regional organization in the Mid-Atlantic mm -hmm. where we have affiliates with your group, Women in Media, on the West Coast. So mm -hmm. Gals and Gear, Women in Media, critical groups for not just women to be participants of and members of, but men need to step up for non-binary people who don't know which way they want to go. It's yeah. none of our business, yeah. but come and support. Support your fellow man, person. Person, did mm -hmm. not say man. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have pretty much uh, one last question for you. What is next for you? Uh, you can go one by one and answer that question. And, and also where please can we tell find us, you? yes. Uh, for us, I, we're just really excited about telling new stories, um, having more opportunities, doing more passion projects that we want to produce, um, and less advertising, although the advertising pays the bills, so we'll see what happens. But we're really hoping to make a, a good number of films next year and bring those out to everybody. Amazing. And for our audiences who want to follow you and your work, where can they find you? Uh, 360 Labs, you can find us on YouTube, you can find us on Facebook or Twitter. That's our handle on all three. Also, Samsung VR, great platform to watch our content as well. Amazing, Perfect. thank you.
So I'll be doing a piece, a, a long-form documentary piece, on Asian Americans and the law, mm -hmm. and how the U.S. legal system has impacted Asian American communities, and how Asian American communities have impacted the law. Sort of a yawner, mm -hmm. but it's important mm -hmm. to provide our young people with context. Why do we have these laws? How did they come about? Mm -hmm. What? They've been in here. It's, they've been on our books since 1790. They have to understand that. Yeah. And why we are struggling with the same challenges that we faced in 1790. So providing that context so they can move forward and make a clear, educated decision on how they want to be a citizen of the world. And where can our audience find you, follow your work? So audience can find my work at www heritageseries.us. Thank I'm you. I'm not really good at social media. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're looking around for kind of what we're doing next. We've got a lot of different opportunities, particularly with Orbital out in the world. Um, we've got more industrial work lined up for this year, um, but things tend to come up quickly for us. So we did a BuzzFeed video a couple weeks ago that had essentially a two-week turnaround. So what's up for us is whatever looks exciting and promising. Uh, you can find us at butcherbirdstudios.com. Uh, we have a Facebook, we have a Twitter. I think we're probably most active on Facebook. Um, just keeping up with the latest and greatest. Amazing. One quick question. Uh, if, if I were to ask you to describe the future of storytelling in one word, one adjective actually, what would that be? Just quickly, let's just go around. One adjective to describe the future of storytelling. Immersive. Immersive. Truth. Okay. Exciting. Exciting. All three. Awesome. Thank Amazing. you so much. That's a, that's a wonderful note to end this conversation. Thank you very much, and I wish you the best of luck for all the endeavors that you have lined up. Thank you very much for joining our panel. Thanks Thank for you. having us. Thank you. Thank you, Purple, for joining me. Thank you. Um, you're watching NAB Show Live, produced by Broadcast Beat. We look forward to joining you next year for NAB Show Live again. Uh, hopefully more exciting conversations about the future of storytelling. Thank you. Bye-bye.